With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. KKSEFM HD1, Brookfield, Denver, Boulder. Home of the Colorado Avalanche. And home of the reigning NBA champion, Denver Nuggets. This is Altitude Sports Radio. 92.5. It's Dempsey and Company. The company today is myself, Mark Springer, and Mike Sanford, who is with you every Monday and Friday. Um, I think this is my second time on Dempsey and Company. I did one with Demps a few months ago. Mike, you've been great um, as we we enter our number two. Let's talk some NFL. Let's talk some quarterbacks here. Um, before we get to the to the guy we want to talk about, and maybe uh, this little piece of news that came down in the last hour um, can become part of the conversation as well. Raiders quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo is being suspended two games for violating the NFL's performance-enhancing substances policy. So whatever team Jimmy G is on this upcoming season, whether it's the Raiders or another team, he will not be able to play in those first two games. Jimmy G, juicing, man. The juice and Jimmy G. Didn't have that on my morning bingo card. I mean, I, you know, I, there's nothing about his performance in the 2023 season that seemed to be enhanced, if you will. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. Um, is it is this one of those like mix up things where he was taking like some is it Botox? Because he's he's got a great face. He does. I mean, he's got a face for TV, unlike you and I, who have amazing faces for radio. Yes, we do. We're built for radio. Jimmy G, though, like I don't know, was it some sort of a male enhancement thing? That, Ooh, now we're now we're know, getting you weird. Didn't, you didn't read the label, and it had one of those, uh, you know, bands because that's what a lot of players cl- claim. Like, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know it was in here. They lo- always know, right? Spring, I love that this is the we're at eleven oh eight in the morning, but you took it to eleven oh eight p.m. Oh yeah, male enhancing, some type of male enhancement for young Jimmy G. Look, he's in Las Vegas. He's been invited to uh, like free brothels down there in Las Vegas. They said, "Hey, come on over for free." Uh, yeah, that man's got a good-looking moneymaker. That, that, he's got a good-looking face on him. He's a good-looking man, but I don't know, man. Jimmy G just hasn't been performing like somebody who's had performing performance enhancement. Will, will, will Jimmy Garoppolo become available um, here in free agency or via trade? Um, I was looking at his contract recently, and if I remember correctly, I'm going to pull it up here. I thought that he had maybe another. Yeah, he's under contract for this season. Um, manageable salary, uh, but 
he is technically under contract for the Raiders this season. I don't know if he'll hit the market, but one guy who will hit the market, and this is funny. We got this text on the text line. EJ Peterson says, please don't say Darnold. I'm afraid I've got some bad news for you. That's exactly who we're going to talk about here. Sam Darnold, Mike, you... And I get it, though. I get it. But you like yourself some Sam Darnold. I don't. You don't? I do not. Okay, never mind. Uh, But it's worth talking about because it is a hot topic right now. Uh It is a hot rumor in these Denver uh, media spaces, if you will. Because, frankly, the fact that we're talking about Sam Darnold, it shows how weak the free agent pool of quarterbacks are in this 2024 free agency market that hasn't really cleared itself up yet. And here's what I'd say about Sam Darnold. Very talented. Has athleticism, arm talent. He's always had the talent. That's why he was, you know, even I evaluated him as a high school player. He was, he barely started at St. Clemente High School until his final year playing and he went to USC. And I was like, what? Then he, you know, doesn't really have that big of a career in college. It wasn't, you know, he wasn't in the Heisman discussion. And now here he is as a national name being drafted and talking about being like the top pick in the draft. He has talent and he always wins the quarterback gym short competition knows is the known as the combine or pro day. But in my time at the senior bowl, when I made the trip to mobile, had the opportunity to talk with multiple people in NFL franchises, some that may or may not have crossed paths at different times with Sam Darnold in his very questionable NFL career thus far. And they said, it all looks good. He's got the ability to make every throw, but he is a slow blinker. And that is the worst thing that you could ever talk about with regards to a quarterback. His processor is not quick enough to play at this level. So if Sam Darnold ends up being the option for the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson's gone, we're not looking at much improvement here in Denver. Now, the reason that Sam came into our our, our, our pre-show discussions was that Brian Greasy, the 49ers quarterbacks coach, had some glowing comments about Sam Darnold when he was asked about Sam at the Super Bowl um, in media week. And Brian essentially said that Sam's done a great job as, as the backup to Brock. And if he goes elsewhere, if he goes and competes for a starting job elsewhere, he's ready. He's ready for that is essentially what Brian Greasy said. Now, look, the way I... I I thought that it was interesting going into this Niners season. I was never ruling out from the start of the season that Sam would take over for Brock Purdy. Just because Sam's former third overall pick, Brock was Mr. Irrelevant. It was one season of Brock. Could he really keep it up? It's a Kyle Shanahan offense. If you put Sam Darnold around Debo and Ayuk and Kittle and McCaffrey, maybe that would be the key for Sam Darnold to unlock the the natural talent he has, the reason that he was a third overall pick. Now, he never really got the chance to play because Brock played well, but that also tells me that Sam wasn't lighting it up in practice or else they would have made the switch 
if third overall pick Sam Darnold was looking better in practices than Mr. Irrelevant Brock Purdy, they would have made the switch. So I am starting to think that while Sam might have tools, it's just not going to work out for him in the NFL. Well, I think that the the thing that I brought up, the characteristic uh, that I brought up about Sam Darnold that's a major question mark in NFL circles is his ability to process information because you got to you got to remember these quarterbacks it's not just throwing the football it's not just athleticism they've got to make incredibly quick decisions and they got to do it over and over and over and over and over in football games at the national level and at the NFL level and the fact that he has that is that that's part of who he's been identified as it shows that Brock Purdy while he does have those Obvious physical limitations, mm-hmm. he isn't lacking whatsoever as a decision maker. Sure. And that's why it worked out for Brock Purdy. And that's why I don't think that this would work out in any universe here in Denver because Sean Payton didn't like Russell Wilson. At least we could we can assume because he wasn't always making the right decision on the quote-unquote designed first play. Sure. A lot of his production was coming on the second play. It was coming when he breaks contain mm-hmm. and gets outside of the rush, and Cortland Sutton, you know, is able to get you know some extra separation on the second play. That was Russ's. That's his game. Well, if he's not looking for a guy that can't process, if he's looking for a guy that can process the information and hit the open guy initially on time in rhythm and do it over and over and over, the information that I got at the Senior Bowl, that sure as heck better not be Sam Darnold. Because if, if, if that's the case, then these Broncos get hoodwinked by, by the 49ers franchise. There are only two good free agent options, and both are going to be too expensive for the Broncos. Kirk Cousins and Baker Mayfield. Um, after that, Ryan Tannehill, maybe? What do you think about Ryan Tannehill? And there's rumors that he could go to Pittsburgh because Arthur Smith is their new OC. Arthur Smith was the offensive coordinator with Tannehill and the Titans before taking the Falcons head coaching job. So there's a natural fit there. Um, But let's say, what what about Ryan Tannehill with the Broncos? Is that process? He got the processor you're looking for? He does. I mean, he's a a proven playoff quarterback. He's clearly not a proven Super Bowl quarterback, but he's a proven Mm -hmm. playoff quarterback and maybe a a good bridge option. Um, He does provide athleticism, you know, I, I don't know where he's at in his kind of his health, his overall health to be able to allow that athleticism to shine. Um, I've heard he's incredibly bright, um, is is a great processor of, of, of information. Um, they would be able to do worse than Ryan Tannehill as a bridge option. And let's go back to Jimmy Garoppolo for a second. And I appreciate this text, Travis. Travis says, as a Raiders fan, I can tell you the Raiders are cutting him to avoid the bonus. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it does feel like Jimmy is not part of what Antonio Pierce and the Raiders want to do. That was a Josh McDaniels move to bring in Jimmy, who he once coached with the Patriots. And then when Antonio took over, they just entered the Aiden O'Connell era. And yeah, I, I'd say if they can get out of that, the, the year remaining on Jimmy's deal, they will. And so, Travis, I, I'm, I'm going to assume you're probably right that Jimmy will be available here. So I find that interesting because... Sean Payton on Friday did an interview with someone from USA Today. Um, This time, I don't think he uh, had a a lot of lattes in his system. But either way, she asked him, 
who are some quarterbacks in the NFL that you think get unfair hate that are criticized more than they should be criticized? And I, he, he named four quarterbacks in order. And I thought this was interesting because at least a couple of these guys are before, before spring, before you reveal that, uh-huh. uh, were you going to play the clip or just, just, no, I'll just it? tell you. Cause okay, I, before you do that, uh-huh. who should he have said as number one, who should he have said? And I'll give you a hint. Huh. It's pretty stinking obvious. There's they a get lot of, more well, so hatred many, than there they are should. So many. I think every quarterback to a degree gets more hate than that. Lamar Jackson. How about the guy that threw for twenty six touchdowns and eight interceptions? Russell under Wilson. Your, yes, <laughs> that's who he should have said. Well, it's but fun. He, I, but did he? And go ahead. We'll we'll find out. Did he say Russell Wilson? No, that is funny. That is funny. Um, the first quarterback out of his mouth was Zach Wilson. The second quarterback was Jimmy Garoppolo. The third quarterback was Derek Carr. And the fourth quarterback was Baker Mayfield. And he was like, Baker's free agent. Ah, now all of a sudden I want Baker. Even though, Sean, I hate to break it to you, your team can't afford Baker Mayfield. And Derek Carr, is he going anywhere from the Saints? I don't think so. Maybe. He might be available the way famous Jameis Winston right now is running for mayor of New Orleans down there at Mardi Gras festivities. That's right. I've seen that. And it, it didn't feel like the Carr-Saints thing really clicked. So maybe... Maybe Derek Carr could be back out there, but the first two names he mentioned were Zach Wilson and Jimmy Garoppolo. And when I heard that, it did kind of feel like a soft indication of guys that he is looking at. Um, so, uh, look, I know people just hate on Zach Wilson left and freaking right, and and I know you're low on Sam Darnold as well, but when the Broncos are in the situation they're in with not a lot of money and not a lot of draft capital I mean it's finally starting to build back up but now they actually need to make the picks maybe they need to to swing at a guy who has tools but they're just gonna rebuild him like a Zach Wilson or a Sam Darnold can I give you my power rankings uh money is not an option sure of who's a who could be available at the quarterback position and also to their fit for Sean Payton I think that's incredibly important. Sure. Number one would be Kirk Cousins. Obviously, I agree. the affordability. Eh. Number two would be Derek Carr. Okay. Why Derek Carr? When was his be- when were his best years in the National Football League? Who was his head coach and play caller? John Gruden. John Gruden. Mm-hmm. John Gruden is a decisive play caller, wants the ball to go to the places that he prescribes the ball to go. And did Derek Carr do a good job for John Gruden? Pretty good. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 number, the, numbers were, the numbers were good. Mm-hmm. Three would be Baker Mayfield. Okay. Four would be probably Zach Wilson because he's, even though he's been drugged through the mud, he's not completely ruined and he has a ton of talent. After Baker Mayfield, or excuse me, after uh, Zach Wilson... Jimmy G, and then last in my list would be Sam Darnold. I hate to say it, but Zach Wilson does make sense for the Broncos. And I know he catches a ton of hate. I know he does. It's just the situation the Broncos are in. Unless unless they're drafting that quarterback in the first round, then Zach wouldn't make any sense. Um, But if if they're not drafting a quarterback, then somebody like Zach could make some sense um, just because he's super affordable and has tools. Um, 
Futures weird, Mike. It's really weird. Um, this was a good text from the seven two five seven eight zero. If Russell Wilson becomes available, the Broncos should look at him. Well, they they <laughs> get that. <laughs> Where would you rank Russ? All those quarterbacks you just mentioned, starting from Kirk Cousins, you went Cousins, you went Carr, you went Baker, you went Zach. Where is Russell Wilson in that? Well, I mean, the hardest part about Russ is that if you look at active quarterbacks and their career QB ratings, he's a top four quarterback in the current National Football League. If you take the entire sample size, which but is right that, now, that today. is a major. There's a major caveat because when you watch early Russ in Seattle, like a lot of those times where you see him spin out of would-be sacks and creates a play like he had the juice in his legs to go make that second play happen he's not that same Russ of vintage 2014 15 16 but this is where some of that talk comes from of their best option for this upcoming season is Russell Wilson because at worst he's fourth on that list and those are still some solid quarterbacks even if you want to put him fourth behind Kirk Cousins Derek Carr, Baker Mayfield, and then you want to go Russ, that's fine. There's a massive drop-off after Russ then. Massive. So none of them are proven. And like you said, you're ranking those for the Broncos without money being a factor, but in reality it is. You can't get Kirk Cousins. You can't get Baker Mayfield. I don't even know if you can get, get Derek Carr, but you could get Russell Wilson who is somewhat akin to those quarterbacks. Why can you get him? Because he's literally on your roster right now. Um, it's very, very odd times. All right, hey, when we come back, I am told we have something called Nelly's NFL Notes. We're going to keep talking NFL. We're going around the league next. It's Altitude Sports Radio. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You've got Dempsey and Company. Altitude Sports Radio. 92.5. Dempsey and Company presents Nelly's NFL Notes. Why are you smiling? Because I love football. Football's fun. It's fun. Brought to you by Mountain High Appliance. Locally owned and operated since 1993. Colorado's most complete appliance store. All right, it's time for Nelly's NFL Notes. As you just heard there in the intro, Mark Springer, Mike Sanford, and Steve Nelson with you. Let's go, Steve. It's an all-company edition of Nelly's NFL Notes. First story here, I wanted to mention one bright spot that has actually come out of the tragic shooting that occurred at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl victory parade. Whether you love her or you hate her or you're just sick of seeing her, Taylor Swift did something very admirable. She donated $100,000 to the family of Lisa Lopez Galvan, she was a local DJ in town in Kansas City, and unfortunately, she lost her life from the shooting at the parade, and her son ended up in the hospital. So her family put out a GoFundMe and asked for some money to help cover funeral costs and obviously some money to help keep the family rolling. 
Well, Taylor Swift gave 100 grand and now they have raised a total of $200,000 according to Rolling Stone magazine. Awesome. Good on Taylor. Um, what a tragedy. Uh, just to, to show up to an event and have it marred by such an atrocious act. Um, you know, and here we are again, another another instance here that hit close to home. Uh, our thoughts and, and, and prayers are, are for people down in Colorado Springs, another shooting today at UCCS. Oh my God. Um, really? Two people have, have died. So, to, um, wait, today? Today. At the this University morning. of Colorado, Colorado Springs. This morning. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Um, yeah, now awesome of Taylor to do that. You know, unfortunately, my brain just goes to I, I'd rather have my mom slash friend than two hundred thousand dollars. No question. But but good on Taylor. Good on for those in the community helping out. That that happened over that shooting happened over an argument, an argument, and guns got pulled out. And what nine nine children left a celebration? It was probably their some of them, their first opportunity to maybe even see some of their heroes in person, and they leave with gunshot wounds. Absolutely terrible. All right, uh, to better and brighter days, Steve Nelson. I keep saying that I'm done talking about the Kelsey brothers, and then I keep proving myself to be a liar, but you guys already knew that. Mike, on Monday, we were chatting about the the shove heard around the world, Travis Kelsey shoving Andy Reid during the Super Bowl out of frustration and getting all up in his face, and you had a, had a great zinger. You said, we're talking about football. It's not accounting, or it's not doing people's taxes. It's a passionate game. Things like this happen in the heat of the moment. Well, the Kelsey brothers got a chance to address it themselves on the New Heights podcast. People are all over this. I mean, I get it. You cross the line. I think we can both agree on that. I can't get that fired up to the point where I'm bumping coach and it's getting him off balance and stuff. I mean, let's be honest. The, the yelling in his face, too, is over the top. I think there's better ways to handle this. I love Coach Reed. Coach Reed knows how much I'd love to play for him. I'm not playing for anybody else but Big Red. If he calls it quits this year, I'm, I'm out there with him, man. He ain't calling it quits. Come on now. He's not. I immediately wish I would have took it back. Coach Reed actually came right up to me after that, and he just let him know. Hey, man, I love your passion. I got cameras on me all over the place, man. He's letting you know not, not to be like that. Just fired me up even more to go out there and get a f-ing victory for him, man. Big Red, sorry if I uh, caught you with that cheap shot, baby. But damn, I love winning with you. Yeah. So Travis was mad that they took him off the field for the goal to go play, or uh, it was around the 10-yard line, and, and they handed off to Pacheco. He fumbles. They had Noah Gray in at tight end on the right side who lost his block and that kind of directly led to the Pacheco fumble and Kelsey was going over to Andy Reid and saying I can block I'm a blocking tight end as well you need to have me in in that you should not have taken me out that's why Pacheco fumbled right there yeah tempers flare in the game of football uh it didn't I think the the optics of the situation was they were horrific like it looked awful for Travis Kelsey to, to catch his head football coach off guard. But I've been in those situations, man, and, and tempers fly. And it's, I mean, it's what you sign up for when you coach and you play. And I mean, this game is a, it is, there's nothing on earth like the game of football, period. Because you only have, in college football, you only have 12 guaranteed opportunities for a year's worth of work. And so tempers are going to flare, and it's a violent game. Was it right of what he did, of what Travis did? Heck no. Did he apologize? Yes. Um, was there a, even some clips of Andy Reid later in the game trying to catch Kelsey off guard and bumping him? There were. Oh, I didn't even see those. There were. So this is part of their relationship. 
Uh, his brother called him out for it. Andy Reid, a former offensive lineman, offensive line coach. You knew that that uh, Jason Kelsey was going to have Big Red's back, and I'm I'm glad that they uh, they they addressed this and Travis Kelsey took accountability. There, there's probably only a handful of players in the league who could get away with this, though. Um, like if anybody on the Broncos did that to Sean Payton, I'm trying to think of who would even have the 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 standing to do that. If and it's all it's it's all for you know. Travis Kelsey's not getting mad at Andy Reid for no reason. He wants to win. You know, he's frustrated that he thinks his coach made a poor decision. So it's coming from a good place. Um, but still, you're 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 in a way putting your hands on him. That's that's kind of where the the line crossing happens. Like if Justin Simmons did that, it'd be okay. Well, let's be honest. We all wish wish that Russ would have done the exact same thing <laughs> at some point this past season, and he did, uh-huh. and he should have. It wasn't our hump. Oh, Russ, it was your hump. Dude, if Russ... And it stu- should have been your bump. If Russ stood up to Sean on the sidelines this season, like, I would have gotten out of my couch and been like, Oh, yes! We got yes! something! We've got something here! Go get him, Russ! You, hey, I believe in you, Russ. Stand up for yourself. All right, next up. Reminder, this segment is brought to you by Mountain High Appliance. We are Colorado's most complete local appliance store with locations in Denver, Louisville, Littleton, Colorado Springs, and Glenwood Springs. Offering every major appliance line and brand, mountainhighappliance.com. Well, maybe Mountain High Appliance can send a new coffee maker or, I don't know, uh, an air fryer to Foxborough, Massachusetts or something because we're getting reports that... The Patriots quarterback room over the past few years has been toxic, downright toxic. And it started with Mac Jones declining after a a good rookie season. And then over the next few seasons, he wasn't as good to the point where last season, you may remember, Bill Belichick refused to name a starter for the last, I don't know, five or seven weeks. Obviously, that takes a toll on the quarterback room. But even before that, Evidently, in 2022, when Bailey Zappi was a rookie, sometimes he would leave the quarterback room and go study tape with the wide receiver room because it was just too toxic and he needed a change of pace. So the Patriots head coach, who's not Belichick, I'm totally blanking on his name. That's Gerard, his, Gerard Mayo. Thank you, Gerard Mayo. His first task is absolutely going to be to change the vibes. The Patriots got mad at Mac Jones for using his private quarterback coach in the offseason sounds familiar to what to what russell and in, in the uh, situation with sean page sure 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 um i find it fascinating what's going to happen with the patriots here the belichick era is over the curmudgeon era is over i mean tom brady said the other day that look i couldn't do it anymore i could he he is a good coach he does know how to win, but damn, I couldn't do it anymore. I, I could not be around that human being anymore. Now we have like an actual uh, someone with an actual personality that people might actually gravitate towards in a positive way in Gerard Mayo taking over that team. I am, I am fascinated by the culture shift that is about to happen with that team. Well, think about the culture shift that existed in New England and, the, and from Tom Brady who wasn't allowing, no matter what was around him, he wouldn't have allowed that to happen in his quarterback room because it has to be an optimal place for him to prepare for football games at a high level that Tom Brady is going to play, inevitably. Who was the quarterback after Tom Brady? 2020. 
Um, they had the Jimmy G. And was it Cam Newton? You betcha. Cam, oh, that's right. And, and has it not played out in real time with all of the hot takes from Cam Newton's podcast? Look, that there is toxicity that entered that building, and then it just continued to get worse as he left. You're you're, you're telling me that Josh McDaniels didn't foster a, a quarterback room and a work environment that got people jazzed to go to work? You're telling me that wasn't the, that Josh McDaniels. That um, this goes back to Eric Mangini and I mean, gosh, Charlie Weiss, Matt Patricia seemed like a real bundle of joy. I mean, did you see that Tony Romo got absolutely obliterated by Charlie Weiss for his Super Bowl call for the final call? Or yes. Just his call in general. In general. Uh-huh. He, just, he basically said, well, you just not shut up. He said it like 11 times on a podcast. He's like, I'm trying to enjoy the actual moment. Of the of of the defining play of the Super Bowl, uh-huh. it was a little weird how you know usually the commentators let it breathe uh, on the on the final game winning play. You hear the crowd noise, you kind of let it all soak in, and Tony went right into analyst mode. Tony of breaking doesn't al- that play down. Tony steals so much oxygen. There's none remaining at the end of those calls. It's so apparent. Anyway, back to back to the quarterback room. Uh-huh. This just shows all of us that Tom Brady ran not only that quarterback room, but that offense. And the vibes were sure. set by and managed by Tom Brady. And left to their own devices, the Patriots staffers allowed toxicity to creep in. And even going back to, you know, Travis Kelsey bumping Andy Reid, like even when that happened, one thing that's going through my mind is like Mahomes and Kelsey run that team. They're the heart of that team. I, Andy Reid is a very good coach. Don't get me wrong. But it's similar to how, like you said, with Brady and the Patriots. Like, Brady ran that show. Mahomes and Kelsey run that show. I don't have a problem with when you've gotten to that level that Kelsey and Mahomes have gotten to, that Tom Brady got to. If you need to go outside the box of what, standard protocol is to get your message across so that you think it gives your team a better chance to win. I don't really have a problem with it. Spring, you just named two franchises that had two incredibly strong player presence that ran those teams. Mm -hmm. What do those two teams have in common over the last 15 years in the National Football League? 75% of the Super Bowls? Amen. Uh Is there anybody in the Broncos organization player-wise that has even a semblance of being able to do that and run this team right now? That is a great question. We will address it and answer it on the other side. Final segment of Dempsey and Company coming your way next. Mark Springer, Mike Sanford, Steve Nelson. It's Altitude Sports Radio. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Add some texture to the conversation. Text Altitude Sports Radio 925. Come on now. On the Shop Mazda text line, 
All right, we're wrapping it up here on Dempsey Company. We'll hand it off to PhD top of the hour. Mark Springer, Mike Sanford here with you on a Friday late morning. Steve Nelson here as well. Mike, you asked a very interesting question to me before we hit our commercial break because in the last segment we were talking about Travis Kelsey letting his feelings be known to Andy Reid on the sideline in an aggressive way, in a no-nonsense way, in a very real way, not a very professional way. Um, And that led to a conversation in which we also brought up Tom Brady because we talked about the Patriots next and how, you know, Brady ran that Patriots team. I think Mahomes and Kelsey run the Chiefs. And you asked what players on the Broncos have taken, are taking, or will take ownership in that way for the Broncos. Clearly, it's not Russell Wilson because that ship sailed. And you get benched and you've won a Super Bowl and been to another, and you get benched making the money that he makes, that ship has sailed. The only other player that I saw this past year that showed those types of on-the-field moments and leadership moments and you felt his absence when he wasn't on the field was Justin Simmons. Mm -hmm. That was it. Now, is he on that level of like championship-caliber player to demand that type of respect, not just on the roster, but in the building? I don't think so. Because you got to have that level of cachet, right? Where, like, I am allowed to speak up in a way that other teammates can't because I've proven that I am so good in this league that you need to listen to me and you can't play without me. Uh, so you're not going to bench me or anything. And my voice and my opinion matters. And you're, so, like you're saying, Justin Simmons, while he's a good player, has he won over Sean Payton to a level where... Justin can be in Sean's ear. No, and I think Justin Simmons might end up being part of, you know, some offseason acquisitions here. I mean, that, that's a reality. I mean, because he played himself into a place of value for the Broncos to be able to potentially bulk up some of the other major needs on this roster. Should Russell Wilson have stood up for himself more? Whether, and I, maybe I'm talking mostly in the media. And I praised Russ for this. Russ Russ never said a negative word about anybody in any of his media availabilities this year. Despite all of the noise, all of everyone else saying this and that, his own head coach included sometimes, maybe not so much with Sean's words, but certainly with his actions sometimes. Russ never did anything, never said anything. Should Russ have shown Sean more pushback. Would Sean have respected that? He should have. It was so clear and apparent, especially in that middle portion of the year where the playoffs were still potentially, uh, you know, at your fingertips with five games remaining. And he didn't show it. And so, unfortunately, the lasting, indelible, burnt image in all of our minds in the Denver metro area and in the state of Colorado of Russ's tenure are going to be of people screaming at Russ. And unfortunately, that's hard to overcome. And I think that not only did we talk about the leadership that was exhibited by Tom Brady in New England, that was his team. 
and then the leadership of Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey in Kansas City, that accounts for, like you said, nearly 75% of the Super Bowl victories over the last 15 years. That doesn't exist anywhere in Broncos country right now. And that's why I believe that a bridge quarterback is not the answer. They have to get this draft right. And it's got to be a strong personality. It's got to be a proven winner, proven leader, and somebody that has the ability athletically as a passer to earn that on-field credibility immediately. I, I thought this was a funny text because um, we, we asked in the last segment who on the Broncos could yell at Sean Payton the way that Travis Kelsey did with Andy Reid and the 303250 said Will Lutz could do it. That's a funny text because look, if you're if you were a former Saint, if you played for Sean on the Saints or, you're, or you're, coached for him. Uh, uh, yes. Then you're like uh half his staff now is former Saints guys. Then Sean loves you. You're his boy. Um and along those lines though, and what you just said, you know, that the Broncos probably the best thing to do is to draft that quarterback and get it right. And I agree with you, but that also lends itself to, at the very least, a soft rebuild era. Sean's got to develop this quarterback this year because of their cap restrictions as well. Like Garrett Bowles might not be back. You, you, even Justin Simmons, as you mentioned, there could be some tenured Broncos who who might not be back. Is Sean going to? rebuild this thing in his image and bring in guys he likes? And does he have the patience for that? I think he has to. And I think that the investment that the franchise made in Sean Payton is in a short-term investment. So I think it's got to happen. And, it, and namely, it has to start at the quarterback position. And you think about the personality of Drew Brees. You know, Drew Brees wasn't screaming at Sean Payton, but Drew Brees was strong enough in his convictions after mm -hmm. he earned that right with Sean Payton to, to be coworkers, you know, as, as opposed to a subservient. Yeah. And I think that we, as all of us that are trying to hold the, the crystal ball into who the, the Broncos are going to either draft or sign in free agency at the quarterback position, we all have to look back at the personality traits of Drew Brees because that is what, Sean Payton is going to have to replicate because that is all of the success that he's had as a head coach in the NFL was with Drew Brees as his quarterback. And that's why I do think there is a world that exists where Michael Penix, excuse me, I misspoke, where Bo Nix is that guy. You're a Bo Nix guy. I'm not. <laughs> you think he's moldable? I think he's very, I think he's moldable. I think he's programmable. I think he's talented, and I think he has incredible leadership traits. And he's known around league circles already from his performance at the Senior Bowl, from not just on the field at practice, but also the week that existed. He's known as a very intelligent. Um, he, is a, he is a football guy, and I think that's exactly who Drew Brees was, and I think that's exactly what Sean Payton's going to try to replicate. All right, he is Mike Sanford. I'm Mark Springer. Thanks for hanging out with us today on Dempsey and Company. Um, thanks, of course, to my man, Steve Nelson, on the other side of the glass. Dad, what, what, what's why? Is, where are all these blank pages at? Oh, that, that, don't worry about that. That guy, he was he wasn't any good. Well, what, what did he do? Did did he murder somebody?
No, he demanded a trade. Creepy spring voice. Ah, oh, Carmelo Anthony's a terrible person. He demanded a trade once in his life. Unthinkable. All the crimes that have been committed in the world, and this man demanded a trade. I'll never forgive him for it. Uh, Mike Sanford, thank you so much today. I appreciate you having me on. Yeah. Thanks for letting me be company with your company. Absolutely. Just a couple of company guys being the company today. All right. It's the company line, man. PhD coming up next.